Welcome to Car Thoughts with David, episode number 46. And, uh, yeah, I'm recording this one pretty late, because I don't know if I'll have the energy or the presence of mind to record it when I'm driving to work uh, tomorrow morning. Um, you know, I, it's, I got to work at 8 o'clock. Well, actually, I got to work about 6.30 this morning. Uh, it is now almost 11.30, and I'm still at work, you know, we've got a lot of, uh, a lot of people that need to be migrated, uh, to Windows 10, and so I'm just working on that, finishing up my last one for the night, and, uh, you know, it's, it's good, you know, I'm just doing it to help, you know, put a little money in the bank for some vacations, you know just to, you know, get stuff taken care of, and, you know, that's kind of what I want to talk to you guys about, is, uh, being a workaholic, you know, <laughs> because I kind of always have been, in a way, um, I try to get better about it, but at the same time, you know, I realize that the market's changing, the, the future of, the IT market is changing drastically, and that there will come a point in time where automation is going to start putting people out of jobs. So what I'm trying to do is make myself more desirable to um, companies. If they know I'm willing to volunteer, do things, do extra, do more than everyone else, work harder, work longer, you know, first one in, last one out. To make sure until I get everything put together and get my business off the ground, get my book out there, you know, on, sh- on shelves, um, you know, do all of the things I'm trying to do that I've been talking to you guys about, I'm trying to make sure that I maintain that level of uh, work ethic that I have. You know, and, and it's not hard for me, and I, that's why I think that from the standpoint of running my own business, it's going to be easy for me to do. Because so many people that I've heard who complain about being entrepreneurs that say, oh, it's not always cracked up to be, you know, you have to be really, really sure that you want to do it, is because they're like, well, you know, I put in 16 or 20 hour days, and you know, I'm working around the clock, and I have to do this, and I have to do that. And it's like, dude, I do that in my regular job, and I don't get as much fulfillment out of it as I do what I'm doing now. So, you know, it's not really a huge deal for me. You know, I'm used to it. I've been doing it all my life. I mean, when I was at, worked at uh, GameStop, for instance, I was, had just started. I was the new assistant manager. And just to give you an idea of how long ago this was, the Twin Towers were still standing. And... Uh, I was making $9 an hour as an assistant manager at GameStop. So, within my first week, my manager says, Hey, by the way, I've got a tumor in my stomach. I will be out for six, three to six months. So, I need you to run the store. You know, you're really great with the paperwork. You know what you're doing. You got this. If you need help, um, you know, just call the district manager. She said she'd help you out, but I think you'll be fine. And, uh, you know, I'm going out next week because so you've got one more week with me. So I was like, okay, cool. No biggie. 
So she goes out the very next day when two of the employees of the four of us, including me, uh, don't show up for work. So I call them. They don't answer. I leave voicemails. I say, hey, just wanted to remind you guys that, you know, you're scheduled to work today. So eventually they call back and they're like, yeah, we don't want to work here anymore. We quit. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, it's kind of sucky timing. Could you at least work out a notice? You know? And they're like, no, no, we can't. So I was like, okay, whatever. No big deal. I don't really have a choice. So I hang up the phone. I instantly call uh, Human Resources and I say, hey, you know, I've got two employees that just quit. I need you to clear their them out of the system so that I can hire a uh, replacement for them. You know, I need two replacement employees because right now as it stands, it's just me and my key holder and that's it. And they're like, well, you're just an assistant manager. You don't have the authorization to do that. You can't, you know. I said, well, my manager, my boss is in the hospital right now. She's got a tumor. You know, it's not like she's just off on vacation. You know, it's kind of a serious deal. Is there any way you guys can make an exception? And I was told, under no circumstances would an exception be made. So I said, okay, sure. Well, you know, no problem. I will take care of it. And hung up. So I went to my key holder, and I said, hey, Albert, you know, It's just the two of us. HR is not going to give us anybody. They won't let me fire these two guys or, or put in that they quit or change their paperwork so I can hire new people. So here's what I need you to do. I will work as many of the shifts as I can, and if you can just take the others. You know, I'll work the shifts of two people. I just need you to work your normal shifts, and I'll pick up all the in-between stuff. And uh, he said, you know, David, you know, I've, I'm a Vietnam veteran. You know, I've seen a lot of shit, and I don't really feel comfortable being by myself. I don't want somebody to say something to me that might set me off. He said, I've dealt with a lot of post-traumatic stress. I'm on all kinds of medication. I need somebody to, like, talk me down if something happens. So I appreciated the fact that he didn't trusted me after only basically two and a half weeks of knowing me to tell me that, you know, and I didn't hold anything against them. I understand, you know, everybody's got stuff they're dealing with, you know. Not everybody's life is, is sunshine and rainbows every day. That's because that's just life. So I said, okay, no problem. I will work every shift and uh, you just work your normal shift. No biggie. I can do it. I'm young. It's not a big deal. We'll make it happen. So I started working from open to close seven days a week. Which meant I got there about 7.30 in the morning. Do all my morning paperwork. And stayed until about 10 o'clock at night. But there was also a malfunction in the... Um, 
alarm sensor for the for one of the uh, anti-theft alarms. So at about two o'clock in the morning every morning, the sensor would go off, and I'd have to go to the store to. I'd have to call the alarm company, you know, tell them to call off the police, which they, um, you know, would do, but usually the cops were so quick on the spot, by the time I called, they were already there, so the store had to pay for the cops to come out and check the store out. So it got to the point where I literally would, after 10 o'clock, I'd go out to my car and I would sleep, and I'd set an alarm for about 1.50 in the morning, and um, 1.50 I'd wake up, I would uh, call the alarm company, tell them to disable the alarm, um, and then I'd go into the store and reset it, because it only went off, the alarm only went off at 2 o'clock in the morning, so if you just disabled it, re-enabled it, it was fine for the rest of the night, nothing happened. Um, eventually, I got to the point where I actually took a cot in. Uh, there was a one place in the store where there wasn't a alarm sensor, uh, which was in the bathroom. And the bathroom in the store, the employee bathroom, was actually quite large. It was big enough to fit my cot. So I would actually just, instead of, you know, because the car wasn't super comfortable to sleep in, um, I would just set the alarm lock the door and run into the uh, the employee bathroom and sleep. Wake up at 1.50, call the alarm company, tell them not to come in, not, not to send the cops, and um, then I would walk through, punch in my code for the alarm to show them that I was really there and that everything was fine, and then I would actually leave the store and go back to go back home. And I did that for did that for about a month with the alarm, and then finally um, I got a call from the corporate office asking me why the cops were getting called every single night. And I said there's a sensor bad. I've tried to call to get it fixed, but since I'm not the store manager, I can't get approval to have them come out to fix it. So they fixed. They took care of that. Obviously, they didn't want to keep paying the police to come out because I think they said at the time it was like $400 per call. So they decided it was cheaper to just fix it. And so you know, I was able to go back to my normal, you know, uh, 7.30 a.m. to 10 or 11 p.m. shift. Um, and then a, about two weeks before my manager was supposed to come back, you know, it had been a little bit over three months, I get a phone call from HR. And they said, um... You know, they called me up and they said, David, um, you have three employees under you on your payroll and you're not working two of them. We noticed that you're working 120 hours or more per week and you're not working your employees and that's against the law. You can't not schedule your employees to work. You have to give them hours every week. That's, you know, that's a federal thing and whether that's, that was true or not, I didn't really care because I'd been working as they had told me over 120 hours a week, so really, quite frankly, I didn't really care what they had to say. I don't even, I'm surprised I even remembered what they said. So I said, okay, well, I called you guys three months ago and said, 
you know, that these guys had quit and I need to hire new employees. And since you wouldn't do that, I had to pick up the extra shifts and my key holder is a Vietnam veteran and he doesn't feel comfortable working in the store by himself. He wants to know that there's somebody there that can help him should somebody make a comment or say something that triggers some past memory. I mean, I don't honestly know what I'll do for him because, you know, <laughs> I'm not trained in any of that, but um, he feels better knowing that I'm there. So, and that's what I'm doing. And I said, it's just the two of us. It's just been the two of us for months because of you guys. You guys brought this whole thing together. I said, I'm working and making $9 an hour and bringing home almost you know, $1,700 a week after taxes, or $1,700 every other week after taxes, making $9 an hour. I said, obviously, I'm surprised it took you guys this long to figure out that out on paper. So they, the person apologized and said, let me, let me make a couple phone calls. I'll get back to you. I'll call you back in 10 minutes. And in nearly exactly 10 minutes, I actually set my stopwatch because I thought it would be kind of amusing that uh, and in almost exactly 10 minutes, they called me back and said, Mr. Calvert, you are free to start interviewing employees. We have taken care of the two employees that quit. They're no longer on your payroll. Um, have a nice day. And I said, well, just before you guys go, I just want to let you guys know that if I hire somebody today, I can't just not train them. I said, I'm going to have to keep working these shifts until they are up to speed. I am not just going to leave the, the store in the hands of people that can't run it properly just because you guys don't want to pay me to work 120 hours a week. I said, I, I, I will not do that. I will not let the store suffer because, you know, I need to sleep. You know, it's got to be open. That's my job. So they said, that's fine. They'd put a note on the, on, in the system saying that this is supposed to be normal and said that hopefully within the next two or three weeks, you know, I'd be able to cut back my hours. And I said, trust me, I feel the same way. I'm exhausted. And the Xbox launch is coming up right around the corner. And, you know, I need to be prepared for that. It's going to be a huge launch. We've got a lot of pre-orders. This is Microsoft's first video game system, you know. So, they said that's fine. So I started interviewing and within two days I had two new hires starting. I got all their paperwork done, I got everything filed, I got them schedules, and started training them. And they worked out pretty good. The, one of the guys I hired, he didn't really like the idea that he had to stock shelves and said he didn't think it was fair that he had to alphabetize the shelves. And I told him, I said, dude, I'm doing it too. I'm your boss and I'm doing it every day. You know, so if I ask you to do it, you know, it's not like I'm asking you to do something I don't. You know, I'm not doing it. You're seeing me alphabetize the shelves. That's company policy. That's what they want us to do to make the store look nice. So he didn't work out in the long term. But the other employee did. Uh, he was really awesome. He loved the job. He was so happy to have a job. I lost him to, he joined the uh, military. I think he went to the army. Um, but this was <clears throat> right before I ended up leaving as well. 
but you know I kept up that pace for a couple more weeks got them trained up and I started cutting back my schedule and then on the day of the Xbox launch my boss actually had enough energy and she decided she was going to come in and work for her first day back and I walked out I had a bunch of Xboxes in my hand set them off the shelf and I was like oh hey Miss Lisa I'm so happy to see you <laughs> and that's the last thing I remember before I woke up on the floor I must have been so actually relieved that she was back that I passed out um, and so needless to say um, she said you are going home and you are going to rest she said I know you've got an Xbox pre-ordered I know you have a bunch of games pre-ordered we're going to ring you up for all of that we're going to walk you to your car and you're going to drive home and you're going to not come back tomorrow you're going to come back the day after you know I've got this I was like thank you so much that'll be awesome so needless to say, that's how I got off work, so I could play video games. <laughs> I nearly killed myself working. <clears throat> and was so relieved to see my boss that I passed out with joy. So, um, but yeah, I mean, so... I'm definitely not an advocate for doing that. I don't think you should ever have to do that in a job. But... When you're trying to do something and you're you're dedicated to doing something and accomplishing something sometimes you have to do that and make those hard calls and put in those hours and take those lumps and keep on pushing through even though everybody's trying to throw roadblocks at you and stop you sometimes you just have to say you know what whatever i'm just gonna do this because i'm the guy i'm the guy who's doing this and uh, if you've ever seen Live Free or Die Hard, you know, he's like, so why is it you? And John McClane's like, because I'm the guy. I was there. Nobody else would do it. So I did it. And, um, and that's what it takes is, is dedication. You can't just assume that you can just get everything started and it's going to be all peachy keen. Uh, sometimes, you know, you, you've got to be willing to put in those hours. You've got to be willing to put in that grit and the determination and the elbow grease and, and push yourself to limits that you didn't even know you had sometimes to make things work. And, you know, it's really, you know, it's not easy doing it. It's not popular. A lot of people told me that was crazy. They couldn't believe I was doing it. And I was like, what choice do I have? I'm in charge of the store. It's There's only two of us that are working. You know, I mean, what do you want? <laughs> you can call it crazy all day long. It doesn't change the fact that the store has to be open. You know, I have to be here. You know, and at the end of the day, you know, for me, it wasn't like the company cared about what I did. You know, I didn't get a thank you or a pat on the back for my hard work and dedication. You know, all I got was more, you know, oh, why are you doing this? You shouldn't be doing this. Why are you working 120 hours? You know, they were just, you know, gave me a hard time about it. And I'm like, well, it's kind of you guys' fault. I'm just doing what I had to do because it's either that or the store's not open. You know, there's your options right there. And uh, so, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't easy. It was really hard. To, I could honestly say that 
I don't know that if I could if I could keep up that kind of a schedule now, you know, being that I'm older, you know. But at the same time, you know, I kind of am in a way because I'm doing so much on social media. I mean, here I am. It's you know almost twelve o'clock. I'm still waiting for this transfer to finish, and you know I'm sitting here doing my podcast. Um, I just posted some stuff on social media. You know, I've got some some stuff scheduled to come out on my blog in the morning. I'm trying to pre-schedule a few things so that, you know, I can kind of get up and relax a little bit in the morning before I go to work. And, you know, there's just so much going on. You know, there's so much I'm doing. And it's kind of just as I'm awake, okay, knock out this, knock out that, do this, do that. Throw this together right quick. You know, I still got to record my video for my 30 days of video challenge that I'm doing on Twitter. Which, if you guys are interested in trying to improve your video skills and um, working on that and, and trying to improve, you know, the challenge I'm doing is hashtag 30 days of video. And what I'm doing is just putting the video in f- the camera in front of my face and I'm just staring into the lens and just talking, you know, for about two minutes. Because the maximum video length you can put on Twitter is 2 minutes and 20 seconds anyway. So just talking. Just submitting it. You know, just trying to focus on not saying things like um and 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 but and if. You know, those trigger words. the, the, The things that they tell you to avoid when you're speaking publicly. And the things like, you know, not staring into the camera lens. Where it looks like you're looking anywhere else but making eye contact with your audience, things like that. So that's what I'm working on, and I'll probably actually record that video before I leave, because it looks like I've still got about 16 minutes left to go before this file transfer is done. And I'm about done with with the recording of this podcast, so I'll probably do that, get my stuff together, and then head home. And then i got to get back up and head back to work at 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. So yeah, it is what it is. But yeah, I mean, like I said, it's not that I'm advocating that you need to be a workaholic to be successful. What I'm saying is is that sometimes you've just got to go out there and you've just got to do it. And you've just got to put stuff together and you've got to make stuff happen because you're the person that's doing it. You know, when you're the, the business, when you're the brand, you know, you've got to do what it takes to make sure you're successful. So, you know, it's not all glamour and glory <clears throat> all the time sometimes it's nitty gritty and it's it's dirty and you just don't want to do it but you know if you don't do it it's going to be that much easier to not do it the next time so you got to go out there and just push yourself and do it so um yeah i hope hope this helps i hope the story helps um <clears throat> and uh thank you guys so much for listening and uh again you know, I hope you guys have a fantastic week. And with that, I want to say, Car Thoughts out. Hey everybody, David here from Car Thoughts with David, and I just wanted to share some information with you. You guys have heard me talk about finding your way, finding your path, and starting your journey. Well, if you have decided that you want to start your own podcast, you might be thinking, well, David, that's great, but what do I do? How do I do this? You know, what works, what doesn't work, right? Well, 
I wrote a book. Because you can go back and find my episodes where I talk about all this stuff and listen to them. And that's all well and good. But sometimes it's easier just to have it in print where you can just see it, right? So I wrote the book called Introduction to Podcasting. Lessons learned, lessons shared. You can pick it up on Amazon on Kindle for 99 cents, less than a dollar. What? That's crazy, right? Less than a dollar, you can pick it up on Kindle. If you like to have a print book in your hands and you just like the way it feels, and trust me, I'm looking at this book right now, it's really well printed. I love Kindle publishing. You can pick it up for $5.50. So you can have a physical copy where you can take notes, where you can, you know, keep stuff for quick reference while you're working on creating that awesome epic podcast that I know you're capable of creating. So by all means, if you're looking for ways, you're looking for advice, Introduction to Podcasting, Lessons Learned, Lessons Share is the book for you. Thank you guys. And I could not do any of this without your support. So when I say thank you, I mean it. Thank you.